Hey everyone, this is the Everyday Leader Podcast, where we hear from inspiring individuals building and leading teams across Africa. Today, I speak with Temi Tayo Samson Grace. Temi is the head of talent at Big Cabal Media, the publisher of Tech Cabal and Zikoko. She is also an excellence coach and career counselor. In both her HR and coach roles, she helps guide professionals on the journey to self-discovery and recovery. Temi holds a master's degree in business administration with additional training in career analysis, mental health advocacy, and human resources management. In this episode, Temi and I spoke about making career pivots without changing companies, how to make the most of side gigs, and how the media influences how we show up as leaders. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, Temi Tayo. Welcome to the Everyday Leader podcast. Really excited to have you on our show. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you for having me and inviting me for this amazing show that you have here. Excellent. So uh, this show is is about featuring managers at really uh, interesting or high growth companies. And Big Cabal Media is definitely one of them. So uh, before we get into your role there as head of talent, I want you to maybe share a early career story where you found yourself first stepping up as a leader uh, of some sort and, and how that shaped your view towards leadership more broadly. Thank you. That, that's a story I always like to tell. And um, it was like a few years ago. Um, so the company that I used to work with had a need. There was a need to fill a role quickly. And because of my past um, performance and dedication to work, I was picked to fill that role. And just shortly after, like I mean, like two weeks after stepping into that role, there was a big project that I was I had to execute, and that was like my first um, real stint at um, leadership. I had to manage a number of people from different departments just to get the projects um, ongoing and successful. It was really a test of a lot of different things because naturally for me, I used to be the behind the scenes guy. I just want to do great work and just uh, be on my own and do what I need to do and just get it going. But that project exposed me to a lot of different people. I was able to learn how to work through people, work with people. I was able to manage, motivate people just to get, because it was a very high pressure project. I had a very tight deadline and getting it all done it was i mean it was one of the best works of my early career and that actually helped me step into that leadership role seeing people differently seeing that yes um in my career i need people i also need to be able to stand up to you know be out there so it, it gave me a lot of confidence that i have now in the work that i do so that was that was really the a very critical moment for me in my career. Yeah, definitely uh, facing situations that really stretch you early on um, is kind of a good indicator of whether you have the mindset to step up and, and really go for it. And it sounds like you embraced that uh, challenge and uh, took it on. Now, you initially studied computer science and then went on to take on HR roles and, and also do your MBA with a focus on uh, human resources. Uh, why why HR and why the broader talent sector? What drew you to that? All right. So I've always, like, before I even knew that I was going to be in HR, I, 
I knew that I wanted to help people. And I also understood the business part of things. So I wanted a role where I can manage both, like help people and also help the business. And one role that fits that criteria was HR, because I knew I was going to be interfacing with people and I also needed to interface with the business. Um, I think that was that that was that was really it because finding my career path was something that I got onto um, very late. I, I didn't figure out what I wanted to do in my career until much later. Um, unlike some people that you know get all that figured out at the beginning of their career. Uh, I mean, earlier early on in their lives. But for me, I mean, it took a lot of you know permutation and just try and error here and there. I did a number of things. Before I finally found out that, okay, HR is it for me. And why HR? HR is that profession or that role in business where you get to understand people, how people behave. You want to know how to help people to push them to become the best version of themselves and also finding a way to also get the business to where it's supposed to be through people. So it just gave me the opportunity where I can do both. I can understand the business. I can... I can know what the business needs, and I also know how to help the people that are managing get the business the way it's, it's supposed to be. So it was just a perfect role for me because I had interest in both, in helping people, managing people, and also helping the business. It looks like you kind of made that uh, career transition during your time at Rensource Energy. Um, how did you navigate that transition more from a practical standpoint, moving from more of a business analyst to... Uh, that focus on people. Uh, you took us through that that um, view that you had in terms of how you can uh, you know, help the business and help uh, people. But how did you actually navigate that transition from a, a career perspective within a, a particular company? So the interesting thing about uh, my transition in, in Rensource Energy um, was actually my involvement in the business. So when I was a business analyst, I had the opportunity of knowing everything about the business. I was really involved. I was uh, the go-to person for anything that around that that is about the business. And when it was time for us to have like someone step into the HR role, looking at how I have done so well in my previous role. Um, it was just easy, and I'd earlier expressed my interest in HR when, I mean, at, before I started um, as a business analyst, but there wasn't that, um, the role was not available. And when the opening came, the CEO at that time just called me and said, oh, this role is available, and I need you to step into it. Um, I need you to take over and manage things. I mean, I panicked, I panicked for a minute because I thought about the fact that I didn't have the experience that I I mean, that I should have to be able to manage that role. But one thing that I had then was the passion. And I was really hardworking. I was committed. And so transitioning from business analysis role, business analyst role into the HR function was pretty easy because I was already really involved in the business. I had relationship with most people. I was very, I mean, involved at different levels. So it was easy for me to just connect with people from an HR function. And I also had support. So I knew I didn't have experience. So I talked to a few experienced people. Okay, so what do I do here? What do I do here? 
And it was, it was, I mean, there, there are challenges along the way, but I, I was still able to manage that function because I was already a part of the business from a functional point of view. Like I was very, very much involved in everything that the business did. So thinking about the HR function and um, managing that also, it was pretty easy for me to just transition into that role. It wasn't anything that was so different and i think the practical part was also getting help like asking people and also leaning on people to get things done and i i had to learn also i had to take trainings i had to read up i had to you know do a lot of things just to help me get up to speed in that hr function now one of your responsibilities during that uh, initial initial role you had for people performance and culture at rensource energy was uh, coordinating the professional and personal development uh, training for all staff there. How did you approach uh, that kind of leadership development and professional development um, for your team? How did you balance what you thought the team needed and also your own personal views towards what was kind of effective uh, in your own eyes? Oh, so everything for me starts with the business. So before before um, preparing for a, a training like that or suggesting that, hey, you need to get trained in this, I always want to look at what the business requires and what kind of skills that is required to function in whatever role that anyone is occupying. So it was more like, I, I remember that I did like um, a need analysis, um, um, that's training need analysis, and that was to check what each person was lacking and then also matching that with what is required for them to succeed on their role. And succeeding on their role means meeting the business needs. So it, 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 it was more for me understanding what the business need was and then seeing people that are filling that role, matching that together, seeing where the gap is, and then preferring training um, solutions, it was coaching, whatever the solution was to help them fill that gap. Um, I think that was how I was able to navigate that um, at that time. And so you uh, transitioned last year to Big Cabal Media and serve as the head of talent. Can you tell us a bit more about what that role is all about? And uh, more broadly, what is Big Cabal Media um, trying to accomplish as a company? So I'll start from what Big Cabal is trying to accomplish. And I think that was one of the things that attracted me to the organization, to the company. And that's really telling stories that matter so we'll see that um a lot of media outlets that have told the african story and most of them have been international um, media outlets that have told the african story they have told it in a way that i mean from an outsider an outsider point of view right and so big cover media set out on a mission to tell that story for Africans, the way Af the way should be told, and I think we've done that in a different number of ways through Techabal, through Zikoko. We have started conversations that you know a lot of people would not want to even uh, venture into, and that's really interesting for me because work for me is doing something that really matters. Now thinking about the role of um, my role in the business. So for us to do what we are doing, we need to have the right kind of people. Now, first thing for my role is actually finding 
those kind of people, the right people with the right mindsets that can actually help the business move to where it's supposed to. So finding the right talent and keeping the talent. So while we've experienced a lot of um, um, turnover in the past and turnover because, I mean, anyone that goes through big, big cabal media will always find them, they, they always become like, um, like very attractive to other employers. So we find that our talents are being poached a lot and I mean, just to even if we can't completely stop that, a way to just you know improve on our retention in the way that people are happy doing what they are doing, they are satisfied with their work, they want to you know stay longer with us. So it's it's putting all of that system together, making sure that Bicabal is growing in terms of um, finding the right kind of people to do the work and also making sure that our people stay and they are happy staying with us um, for longer periods of time. So my role, I mean, in the past seven months has been shaping a lot of things, the processes, shaping how we think about people, shaping how we think about even thinking about how we solve the business problem from a people perspective, like just making sure that we have the right kind of people in the right roles and also, you know, charting the path so thinking about how do people progress in this role? How do they move forward? How so people, um, instead of going to find um, another part, like finding that career development opportunity elsewhere, we want to make them see that you can have that opportunity here. I mean, you can grow in Big Cabal Media. You have opportunity to do things that you like to do here in Big Cabal Media. So my role has been, I mean, shaping a lot of that in the past seven months. Yes, it's, it's definitely uh, difficult to uh, kind of fight for talent and, and retain them and attract them. And so uh, the job must be quite challenging, uh, but it sounds like you're being very intentional. Now, one of the, the you know, reasons why people might either be attracted to a company or end up leaving a company goes even beyond the mission, which obviously it sounds that uh, Big Cabal Media the mission is, is quite powerful, and I'm a big fan of the Tech Cabal newsletter uh, myself. Now, leaders within the organization can kind of make or break uh, their team's retention. Um, are there strong leaders that you have identified within Big Cabal Media that inspire you? Absolutely. So one of the things that I had to do when I came into the organization was to I mean, I had to relate a lot with the leaders. I had to understand their leadership style, understand their personality, because they are like my main stakeholders. If there's any initiative, anything that I want to get done, I have to get it done through them. So I, I took time to understand. And, I'm, and one thing I would say is we actually have amazing leaders in BCM. And these people are genuinely committed to their work and they're committed to their people. So, um. I mean, an example would be um, the head of TC Insights is an amazing person in terms of his leadership skills, in terms of his commitment to the work, the way he, you know, his interest, the interest he shows in his team members on their growth, their personal lives, making sure that, you know, they take the break that they need, you know, just, just guiding and helping them and supporting them. And I... I I've observed and watched 
him, the way he has done his work. I mean, there are, no, there are others. There, I mean, all of our leaders are, are committed people. They are driven. They And they are also committed to the uh, vision of Bikabal Media. And one of the things that also was interesting to me is seeing how they jealously protected the culture of BCM. One of the things that we are very proud of in BCM is our culture. And seeing leaders that actually intentionally protect that culture was, was interesting to me, was amazing because it also made me see the importance and how it was even possible for us to maintain the kind of culture that we have. The culture that we have in BCM is one that is very welcoming, very, um, it's not toxic in any way, not at all. So if there's any, any, any iota of that anywhere, they are quick to spot it out and, you know, just quick to correct it and quick to just, you know, make things the way it's supposed to be. So they're amazing people. I've learned a lot from them managing their team members, the way we all relate with each other, with, you know, care, empathy, just, you know, building that bond where, you know, if I'm not in this kind of organization, I've heard a lot of people say, I've never had kind of experience in place. I um, or the other companies I came from, the experience I've had here, the way people actually just help, they want to help each other. And that's what we have in the leadership team. So amazing leadership uh, big, uh, members that I've learned a lot from, a lot, a lot, a lot from in my past, the past seven years, uh, seven months that I've been with them. And are there other ways that uh, the company is embracing this concept of the future of work? I really like chatting with people about this. And obviously the future of work is broadly defined as how companies or individuals are embracing new forms of technology or other broader trends uh, that uh, are kind of drawing talent and guiding the way that companies operate. What we are doing, I think one of the major things that come to mind when we talk about future of work is um, flexibility of where to work. Um, you know, there's been a lot of conversations around remote work. There's been a lot of conversations around um, you know, the hybrid nature of work, the flexibility that employees have to work anywhere they want to. And that's one of the things that we've actually really um, focused on for us in BCN. So we want to have people that can work wherever they want to at any time. We give that flexibility of, yes, we trust you to get your work done, get it done when you need to get it done. And there's nobody just, you know, unnecessarily looking over your shoulder or micromanaging you. We have a lot of people that are working from different locations. And I think that's one of the things that actually also positioning us to attract the kind of talent that we are attracting. So we're not, we're not insisting upon you have to be in this location for you to be able to work with us. And that's one of the big things that I can see in the coming years. I want to be able to work from anywhere. I want to be able to work, you know, at my own pace, at my own time. And being able also, I mean, understanding the business needs and also being able to meet those needs at my own time. So, yes, um, we are really, uh, you know, building our workforce around that, getting people, you know, into that mindset of, yes, we are flexible. We can, you can work wherever you want to. And, you know, Putting into consideration also 
different times. Like we have someone that works from the US, their time zone and all that. Just, you know, just building a system and a team that is able to work around all of this, um, the, the like what I say nuances or the peculiarity of a flexible work approach. So I see us in one year, two years, five years time, we will definitely have a very decentralized team and a team as decentralized as it is, we're also still able to function as a team. So it's not a situation where we're struggling to get people to do their work or we're struggling to, you know, to get somebody on the call. It's, it's everybody knows that, oh, okay, this is my work. This is what I need to do. And so everybody understands, everybody pitches in when there's need to work, irrespective of where you are. So one of the things here, so one of the major things that we are doing in, in um, ensuring that we are ready for the future of work is emphasizing that flexibility in how people work. Now with the spirit of flexibility and uh, remote work, there, there has been an uptick an uptick in um, doing multiple jobs or having freelance work that you do alongside uh, your traditional kind of nine to five role. And you yourself are included in that. You are the head of talent at Big Cabal Media, but you're also an excellence coach and a career counselor. Can you tell me a bit more about how kind of from an HR perspective, uh, companies uh, like Big Cabal Media are embracing that dynamic and, and managing that. And then we can dive into more about uh, your, your, your role as a coach and how that feeds into uh, both uh, your, your own career, but also how there's kind of cross learning between your HR role and your coaching role. Our major demography in Bikaba is the Gen Z. And one thing you will agree with me about Gen Z is they are not like the traditional workforce that have to stick to nine to five and that's what all their life is about so these are very ambitious these are very adventurous um people and understanding that is for us saying that yes it's okay for you to have your side gig it's okay for you to have something else that you're doing on the side just as long as we all agree that what you're doing doesn't impact your work and your productivity. So, I mean, we have some of our staff members that have their singing career and, I mean, other things they do. And we are very well aware of this and we promote, we promote them. We, you know, we are very, very happy that they have something like that that they are doing. But one thing that they have also made sure of is what they're doing on the side does not affect their level of productivity in their job. And that's something that I think we're getting right. Because if we ask that, hey, it's just big cover media work that you're going to do and you are not allowed to go and do something else aside this, we're going to have a lot of disgruntled employees. We're going to have a lot of people that's, would be trying because yes they, they will be trying to still carry on what they are doing and then they'll be trying to hide what they are doing on the side and just just pretend like they're not doing anything i mean i think it's going to put a lot of strain on them if we have to go that route so one of the things we have 
try to do in Bikaba Media is we are open about it. We are excited if you have something on the side. Just make sure that what you're doing does not impact your work and your productivity. Um, as long as you're able to manage both seamlessly, then it's it's very much welcome. So going to yes, my my work as um, as talent um, head of talent, and what I do on the side as a coach. So being a coach for me is actually giving my free time to people. So one thing I make sure of is I never do any of those things during my work time. So if um, this is my work time, whatever it is that I'm doing personally, I don't allow it to interfere with my work in any way. And what I do as a coach also helps me on my job because being a coach to people is actually seeing ways, understanding their problem, and then helping them become better, especially in their careers. The way how it also I translate into my work is like I'm going into my into, into work as a coach because I know one of the best ways that you can lead people is being able to coach them. And you know, if I'm able to develop my coaching skills out there with people and I'm able to bring that skills into the workplace, I think it's a win-win for me and also the company. So what I'm doing on the side helping people and that's usually on my free time like weekends and outside the time that i'm supposed to work it's actually also to help develop me as a leader into becoming a coach and taking that into the place of work means that i can see people i can help them i can listen to them i can prefer solution you know i can follow them on their journey and help them become you know what they want to be in their career so both actually works together and it helps me on both sides what i do as a coach and then what i do as head of talent as a head of talent yeah that's so true now uh the the word coach um is used in a lot of different ways can you maybe go a bit deeper and explain um how you might coach someone in like an individual session outside of work and how that might be different from uh, how you would coach someone through a conversation uh, in the workplace? I think they are similar, and it's just the context that differs. So if I'm doing uh, what I do as a coach personally, I'm meeting someone that I'm not working with, so we don't have the same context. And what I do on the side, um, be life coach, be as a life coach or as a career coach, let me give you an example as a life coach. As a life coach, I have people that come to me and say, oh, I'm tired. I I don't feel like I can continue. I mean, just talk to me about things bothering them. And, and they're just looking for help, like someone to just help them see things differently. So our conversations would help the person, you know, move from that place where they have been stuck. And then after the session, you're able to say, oh, I didn't see things different this way. Thank you so much for this conversation. And so it helps them move from where they are, where they have been stopped, to where they need to move forward. So, But in the place of work, mostly it's going to be for someone maybe um, that is burnt out or someone that is just not sure what they are doing um, in their career. Uh, so conversations in that setting would also help them see how their work is important, um, you know, 
helping them change their perspective. For someone that is burnt out or is tired and is not even seeing that, you know, it's also moving them from that place of where they don't have clarity on even what is going on with them to getting them to see, okay, this might be the problem. If we solve this this way, does this help? So both is moving people from where they don't have clarity to a place of clarity. And then also, I think what else, what's different from what I do personally and what I do in the workplace is when I'm doing it personally for people, I'm able to follow up with them, like give them, okay, these are the things you need to do. And then we have other sessions where we talk about, oh, have you been able to do this? Have you done that? So they give me reports. Um, in the workplace, mostly that will be done with their line managers, their, their team leads, where maybe during their one-on-ones, you know, they can follow up with what they're supposed to do and all that. So I think I'm more involved with my with the people I coach on the side. Personally, in the workplace, it's more about, you know, getting them to getting them from a place where probably they are confused about something or about their work or they are not just happy for some reason and just getting them out of there and then the work continues. For people that I coach on the side, it's actually, you know, being a bit more involved in their, the things they do after the sessions that we have. Yeah, that, that definitely makes a lot of sense. Uh, the way I look at, at coaching more broadly, uh, which you touched on, is um, it's kind of coming at it from the point of view that this the, the person who, who wants to receive coaching uh, is really looking to uh, be exposed to different perspectives and uh, have their current viewpoint challenged in some kind of way so that they walk away with a different or, or broader um, view. And ultimately that individual um, has the choice to make and they have the answers within them and the coach is there to kind of help pull it out in some kind of way. Uh, and I'm really glad that you're able to uh, use that type of coaching approach, both uh, on a personal basis with your individual uh, clients and also uh, with team members at Big Cabal Media. And uh, on the broader topic of, of leadership, um, you know, the, the media uh, plays a big role in shaping uh, what people look up to in terms of leadership and, and what we, we see as um, kind of best practices for leadership and uh, I know uh, Big Cabal Media has has definitely played a role in profiling uh, the next generation of leaders. And uh, I'm just curious from your perspective, um, how does uh, the kind of media um, help shape uh, how people are showing up at work and and what are you how are you seeing that uh, play out in recent years? So the role of media, like you rightly said, is you know shifts how people think. And so the kind of stories that we tell, the kind of um, news that we amplify are those that actually matter, that actually will help people see things differently. So it's it's both sides in terms of leadership. So telling stories of great leaders, telling stories of not so great leaders, so people can see the difference and also think differently when they want to, I mean, go into the place of work and, you know, when on their journey to become to becoming leaders so um and i mean it, i think it was last few months two months or thereabouts um we wrote some stories about you know organizations leadership and you know toxic workplace and all that and it sparked a lot of conversation on social media 
And the conversation resulted in a lot of people reflecting on how they have been leading, that's for leaders, and also how they have been led for, for employees and all. And you know, it, it also made a lot of people retrace their steps and just try to do better for a lot of reasons. So that's one of the powers of, of the media, helping people see things clearly, you know, telling stories, helping people see the facts and helping people make, you know, the, the power of the choices with them. They, they make of the stories what they want to make of it and they think about it in a way that helps them become better people. So the, the media as, 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 you know, the kind of people that have been um, showcased, the kind of people that we talk about, it's just to show people how if you be if you if you are this way, this is the kind of results you get. If you are this way, this kind of results you get. So it's it's been very, very pivotal in helping people go into the workplace with a different mindset that they would have had if those stories have not been told. So that's one of the things that I see that uh, the media is doing, and especially the kind of work that we're doing, especially say like uh, a tech cabal, the kind of stories that we tell is helping people think about their work in a different way, helping people think about the role of leaders, the role of, because when you talk about some of these companies, you're talking about the kind of leadership that they have and the result that they also get speaks a lot about the kind of leaders and it gives people that opportunity to make a choice. Do I want to be this kind of leader? If I'm this kind of leader, is this kind of result I want to make or this kind of result I want to get? If also, they also see the mistakes that those leaders have made, and they can also try to see how they can uh, not make the same mistakes. So, its its impact is, you know, it's it's a lot in different ways. See, helping people see this is what I I don't want to be, or this is what I want to be like, with the kind of stories that they see um, out there. I'm glad to see uh, that coverage really spark a lot of reflection. And just as we start to to wrap up, I mean, you have also been growing as a leader. Um, how did these kind of types of conversations um, have you reflect on your own leadership style, and and how have how is your style uh, and how has your leadership presence evolved over the years as you've really stepped in and embraced this type of talent leadership, uh, and now are almost a year into your role at Big Cabal Media. The way my leadership has evolved and how it has been impacted, so there are things, okay, let me give an example of the kind of person I used to be. I used to be the kind of leader that wanted everything to be perfect. Like if you are given a task, I just need it to be done just perfectly the first time. And that's almost impossible. So, you know, reading stories, seeing how people lead, with empathy, seeing how people lead uh, with excellence and just a lot of different examples that I've read. It has also helped me evolve in my thinking of how to approach work, how to manage people, how to you know show empathy at work, showing empathy, um, helping people, giving people the chance to develop and become better. And also seeing that, I mean, it's not possible for me to always get it right the first time. There's something called iteration. There's something called, I mean, like, you can do it again. So I've seen leaders that have talked about their failures, 
and how they've picked up and how they've moved forward and they are now successful. So it helps me see that, okay, if I fail the first time, it doesn't make me a failure. It just means that I can try it again. So, you know, seeing that even people that have gone ahead of me, they've made mistakes like this and then they can't, they've actually moved on from that. It helps me, you know, relax a bit and see that, yes, if I don't get it right the first time, I can always do it again. And it has also helped in the way I relate to my team members and relate with other people in the business. So I don't necessarily crucify people. I don't um, expect them to be perfect the first time. So it also stays a lot, of, I mean, has also helped me in the way I think about myself. I, 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 I am able to also forgive myself for the mistakes that I make. I'm also able to be self-led, be disciplined as a person, um, lead by example, show others what I need, what I want to see in them. So my leadership has evolved a lot from when I started my first stint at leadership has evolved a lot, a lot from, you know, beating myself up when things don't go right to seeing what is positive about the situation and then quickly moving on to how do we improve this or how do we make this better? How do we do this better the next time? So I've become very reflective. I've become, you know, very um, empathetic. I've become very patient. So one of the things I used to lack was patience. Patience in the sense that I just always expected that people would just get it. Like you, you just understand it. So I, I now have patience with people, you know, just walking them, helping them get to that point where I need them to be in terms of their work and their performance. So I've evolved a lot and a lot of different factors have been involved, seeing how other leaders have evolved, seeing how other people lead. And, you know, I think my 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 time at Big Habao also has helped me. My CEO is one person that is like an ideal leader for me. His patience, his the way he relates, the way he gives feedback, everything about the way he leads the team is just like, oh, okay, this is the kind of leadership that I aspire to. And I always watch him, you know, observe how he responds to the situation, how he handles things. And it has helped me also how I respond to the situation and how I handle things. So, um, yeah, I hope I answered your question. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. That was uh, really um, interesting to hear your reflection on how uh, your own leadership style and career has uh, evolved over the years and some of the, the uh, reflection you have on, on how you've changed as a leader and uh, how your role at Big Ball Media and, and the leaders there have also uh, influenced and impacted you uh, so far in the past year. So thank you so much for opening up today about uh, not only your leadership career or leadership journey, but also uh, what Big Cabal Media has been doing and uh, how you guys are shaping also the conversation on leadership, uh, especially in, in the tech world. Um, so thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much for inviting me. When it comes to leadership, um, I think it starts from the individual, being able to lead yourself and... You can't give to others what you can't, what you don't have. So it's actually equipping yourself and also be very kind to yourself. 
as a leader, be kind to yourself. You can't change everything at once. So it's also knowing that every effort counts and everything that you do matters. So I think that's what I'll, I'll leave with everyone. Thank you.